last time on There Be Dragons. What do I see? You see ten kobolds. The ones behind the ones around the rim are all armed to the teeth. So I, I run, I leap, I do a half backflip, awesome guitar sting, and you hear this massive boom. And the MVP for the day is Nezor. Uh, they're all bleeding from every facial orifice. <laughs> They've just had their minds blown. blown. It's almost like it's designed for an instrument that can play two songs simultaneously. Fortunately, we have a musical genius for this. <laughs> every genuinely negative memory and experience you've ever had is now flooding your thoughts. I don't want to be comforted. <laughs> Ryland, I have found you always to be a very strong and capable person. Don't let this ballad get the better of you. Hey, Nizzle. Yes? Are you upset? <laughs> Stop being upset. You shimmy down a length of rope and land in a campsite, and the first thing you notice is that the campsite itself looks like it was doused quickly. It's clearly some kind of medallion. And as you pull it out of the pack, your blood freezes, and you immediately recognise it as the symbol of the silver chalice the Bashano's secret police. <gasps> oh, shit! If you're enough of a threat to the Bashano, they will dispatch them, and generally speaking, you disappear. So, guys, I don't know if you have the equivalent in your countries, do you have people that go further than the police? Like spies? Like... Like disorganised militia that come and kill you? Um, no. They're quite organised. <laughs> oh, like pirate hunters? I'm going to assume so. <laughs> um, honestly? <laughs> okay. So what I'm saying is sort of like military-grade counter whatever it is you're wanting to yes. do on the nasty side of the law. So this is them. I'll ah. show them the medallion. I know you need a rest. We can't rest here. No, okay. Sure. This is fine. Um, and I think we should put back everything we've touched and make sure the site is as undisturbed and like we found it as possible. It actually looks somewhat disturbed. Like, pots and pans and stuff have been kicked over. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on this. I tell you what, I'll put back my pouch of 30 shillings. Um, I'm keeping my grappling hooks. So. You know, that's fair. They could write those off as incidental. Uh, yeah, I'll put back some money. I'll give you that one. Yeah, fair enough. Good plan, no, good plan. I'm liking how you're, you're communicating very much with the body language as well. You're shit scared, yeah? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, we don't want to face these people. Fair enough. So this could be a single agent leading a group of mercs. Mm -hmm. I'm still wanting to know what's going on here. Oh, yeah, me too. I just don't want to get killed. Yeah. Good point. We won't get killed. We're, we won't step into anything without... This is useful info. Thank you. Uh, can I investigate for footprints? Like, where...? Sure. Now that you look down, you notice that there are... To you, reads like large party of possibly armed people walked through this. Uh-huh. In which way? Uh, they're heading towards the tri-pointed pieces of metal with the chain. The chain going down. Mm. Yeah. What's the other one? The other's a staircase, yeah? Where does it go? Can we see where it leads? Sure. Um, I'm going to say you walk up there a short way and then when you turn the corner, you can see at the end of the, the corridor that this must link up to that previous passageway that you found in the crypt because this side is also collapsed. Uh -huh. Irritating. Yeah, all right. Good. Good. May I posit a theory? Yeah. There are footprints through here 
of people walking through like they don't care, similar to how an automaton would work because it doesn't really give a shit about belongings. Yeah, yeah. You then have what seems to be not necessarily foreign, but definitely interested parties here. Either they were waiting for them and they've met up, or they were here for a separate reason and now they are moving to... The, the automatons were here to get these people. So so to give you some interesting context and possibly... Um, how long ago was it that I did my primeval awareness? Um, it would have been probably, what, 20, 30 minutes ago? Okay, so um, about half an hour ago, which I predict would be l- less time than this happened. Were you thinking... I'm thinking this happened about 20 minutes ago? And I think before that... Um, I did. I, I I stretched out my senses. You may remember, um, and I discerned one single person, possibly with other things, but I couldn't discern them, uh, and a group of five further away that were not doing anything very much. Um, I'm wondering, could I do the primordial awareness? Sure, again? absolutely. Um, do you? Did, I I might see if I can sense something now. Smart. Yeah. Good plan. Uh, I'll do that. Okay, cool. Um, With a finger to your lip telling everyone to shush, you... I need some focus, so, yeah. uh, You kneel down and take in the space, and then you can hear very slightly, using your half-elvish hearing, you can detect very, very, very faint echoes coming from in the cave. There also appears to be a single large individual pacing backwards and forwards. Beyond that, you can sense another group of five. So, we're clutching up. Um, <laughs> Yay. Um, but there is someone with them, as we are, we already are sort of aware, and he is pacing. And there is the five who are here. Whatever, whatever is potentially between them, they sound quieter than the other oh, yeah. group. Oh, yeah. Um, so there may be a wall or a door or something between the two. Magical barrier. Magical barrier, something like that. But he is vading, or whoever this is, is vading, whereas the others are doing something. Um, given, so this is sort of cumulative information, I'm thinking you may very well be right, as these, these automatons of what disturbs this camp, and I believe initiated a movement from the others. Um, how far down does this chain go? I'm going to look at and see how far the chain goes down. It's about a 50-foot drop. And uh, is, what can I, can I see anything at the bottom? Um, yeah, actually, you can see it's a relatively well-lit room, but far more industrial-looking. This looks more like a workshop yeah, yeah. of some kind. You kind of actually notice when you glance across at the rest of the space that the lake that's in the middle seems very circular. Actually, how roll me an investigate check. Okay. Like if it's, you're not, going, it's not natural. It's how not, big no. is it? Like, oh, it's uh, not great. Well, there's water above it, but, like, you can tell that that's sort of incidental. Like, it used to be... Like, there is a point, maybe, like, three or four feet, feet below that, where the water is now filling in, that is not natural. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, there is an eight. I am going to send Rosh down the chain uh, to start it out. Is that okay with everyone? Yeah, go for it. Rosh, my lad... He looks at you quizzically. The chain. Go down that one, yeah? And then when you come back up, little treat, yeah? Oh, he's very into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I go to... Is there any chicken? Oh, uh, no, there's, like, jerky and there's salted pork. Jerky, ju- salted pork! Yeah. Yeah, we'll get some salted pork for him. I might have a nibble as well. They had, like, a lot of provisions. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, they clearly intended to be here for some time. Sure. It, Give them a little bit of jerky now. Yeah. And say, much more with the salted pork when you get back here. Good boy. With a chirp, he clamps down the chain. And uh, when he re-emerges, an image floats into your head, and it's like it's almost like the camera feed you'd get from like those um, a spy drone or something. Uh, well, like a, like the SWAT team send under the nah, floor, nah, look nah, around, yeah. and it's you can't really tell where things are, but it's definitely from his perspective. You see a dragonborn, a big dragonborn. Oh, this fella is easily taller than Charlie, um, and he's wearing a a rather sodden-looking cloak but underneath it appears to be wearing battle dress. And around, arrayed around him in sort of like a semicircle are these automatons you've seen. He's also carrying a massive, massive flail. He drags it along as he walks. He doesn't actually seem to care too much about it, and it looks like it's chipped in places from use. To be clear, a flail is the spiked ball on a chain? Yes, except yes. in three. Oh, three. God, <laughs> okay. Yeah, these look more like blocks of right. metal yeah. with chunks. more metal on them. Um, oh, it's a metal. I'm going to stick some metal on it. Yeah. But it looks like this could ease... Like, the blocks are probably up to his shin. Like, they're huge. Right. And he has the muscle to drag them oh, around like he doesn't care. Right. Cross looks up from that at what he's pacing in front of. And there is what looks like a vault door. It's made of the same metal that that lock you found earlier is. It has that sort of oily pearlescent sheen. The door itself is imposing. It's about 10 foot tall, circular. At the center of it is a small circular plate about the size of a hand that has a dragonborn handprint built into it. Around the exterior of the central plate is a ring inscribed with the same runic language that you saw on the door that Frosh opened with his fire breath earlier. Lastly, you can hear a whirring and clunking coming from inside the door. Prosh looks back towards the other side and its walls are slanted inwards towards the roof. You can see what looks like eight octagon depressions in the ground. And then on the far wall at the, behind all of this is it's either a rampant dragon or some kind of serpent kin. And they're pointing towards something and then there are those automaton shapes ah. moving forward. Cool. Um, so, uh, can, so we can't see the other ones. Can't see the no, other there is some no, kind of barrier. They'd be behind that door. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, found out who, the, who our one dude is. Yeah? He's not someone I would want to meet in a dark alley or even in a friendly lit bar, actually, to be honest. <laughs> he has a dragonborn. Uh, what color? I mean, you He's red. He's uh, red. You can hear the sound of something hitting metal. And then you hear frustrated roar. So yeah, um, down the, um, the, the, the dragon, we, we, all, we all sort of assumed it was either a large kobold or a dragonborn. Uh, not that they're in any way similar, but just from what we already knew about them. Mm, well said. Um, we had a, he had a tail and a cloak, that's all we knew. Um, so we were thinking probably dragonborn because of the size of the person. Uh, he is a very large dragonborn. So Ryland is a, a fairly statuesque person. Um, <laughs> Thank you. This guy would make Charlie look a little small. Uh, he's, he's, he's big. Uh, bigger than the automatons, let's put it that way. Um, he's got a flail. Uh, it's bigger than me. Uh, <laughs> it's, he's, he's big, and I'm thinking the noise we just heard was him hitting the barrier that is separating him from the other five figures. I'm thinking a potential ambassador for us would be Ryland. <laughs> I'm going to say it sounds like he's trying to stop something that 
he doesn't want to happen, but yeah, does yeah. that mean we don't want it to happen? Yeah. Or I, I'm going to take a chance on this one. Mind of seeing what's going on. Maybe yeah, we yeah. can help him. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm, should we talk to him or does Ryland know I him? Do or? I know him? It doesn't match any rumours that you've heard. Generally speaking, they've all been the same, which is roughly your height and maybe a different colour. Mm. No, I can't say I've heard of a giant red dragon born with a flail, and I feel like that would have stuck in one's memory. I have a, I have a, just a small idea. Mm. Um, does it involve me going down there? Nine. Uh, I pre- I, it sort of does, but only preceded by a dragon. Little dragon. Okay. Hey, Kharash, I've given him a piece of... For his, he did good. This is good. So I give him some, some pork. I'm stashing all the jerky I can grab. And I'm giving the salted pork to you to put in your magical po- pockets of holding. I can deal with that. Um, just because it's so useful to have organic material to throw at things. <laughs> Tiny pockets. Is- and it's also salted, so it stays forever. Uh, and then I send him down, and I want him basically um, to go down and get the guy's attention. Just adds a hold. Just goes out and chirps or makes a noise or maybe brings a little bit of fire. Little bit of fire. Um, as in, Wait, as you want to get his attention? Just to, well, we're going to get his attention as soon as we climb down the chain. We're going to climb down the chain? Potentially. If he seems nice. I'm entirely for that. I'm not entirely for sending Ryland down with a slow wing stink. Um. Hey. (laughs) I reckon, why do we need to go down? If we get his attention and we're at the top, he can't come up to us. I think at this point you've got his attention. You have been speaking with raised voices at the the top of this thing. You hear from the bottom a... And... (laughs) Hello. Hi there. This fellow is looking up at you. Who are you and how did you find this place? Pretty much by accident, actually. Trying to figure out what the hell is going on in Orim. Come and join me. And he stops away from the um, chain. I'm going to say, do you promise not to smash us? <laughs> of course not. Oh, um... I like him. He sounds fun. I'm going down. <laughs> sure. Could you, could you promise not to smash us immediately? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm coming. So. It must be fine. I'm going to follow them, but I'm going to stay on the chain. Right. So that if anything happens, I'm just fucking He's just going to smash you into the wall. <laughs> no, I'm just going to, like, climb back up again and run away. I climb down as well. Because um, I figure he's least likely to kill me. Yeah. He's he's standing there with his arms folded, holding the haft of the flail under his elbow and just sort of regards each of you as you appear down the hole. And as you appear, Ryland, he raises an eyebrow. It's the only... Um, Visible change that he's yeah. actually... I've been watching for it. Made. I wanted to see how he reacted. But that quickly disappears, like he goes back to his sort of blank facade. He looks over at you, Abella, when you refuse to fully come down from the chain and just sort of swing it in the breeze slightly. Hello. <laughs> like a dag. And <laughs> hanging like a dag. I, just, I like... It's like I'm a bat. I just like hanging on things. This is completely usual for me. <laughs> it is. She hangs on stuff all the time. I see. How about we start with a little bit of an introduction? Sure. Go on. <laughs> Can I metagame for a minute? Yeah, sure. Like, who, who do we want to start with? Here? How angry are you going to be if I tell him our names? As soon as, well, as, no, no, as soon as he asks for a name, Charlie goes, yeah. they will step forward and go, my name's Charlie Roughhouse, that's, that's... and extend a hand. He regards the hand but doesn't reach out to, to grab it and just gives you a slight inclination of the head. 
and uh, he would sort of uh, not go, oh, he would go, Jolly Ruffhouse, won't you deal for a bout with Thunderclap Jack? Do I detect an accent? No, he's actually got sort of a... It, his voice is it's, too gruff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no, um, some brigand tried to uh, uh, kill Jacques and a bunch of people were murdered and uh, we put the fight on hold. Something to do with assassins. How interesting. I'm scared. Uh, this is Hrosh. And Hrosh is curled around his shoulder. There's all Vagulus, entertainer. And the one swinging on the chain. Oh, I'm Abella. Just don't mind me. <laughs> I won't. Good. And you. And he looks over to you, Ryan. I was not aware that you had an interest here, too. I take it you're familiar with me? Why have they sent you? <laughs> Metagame, what the fuck does one say about? Uh, okay, so the play here is, do we pretend, do we do we play along and be like, yes, they sent me because the things weren't progressing, blah, blah, blah. Or do we admit, what the fuck are you talking about? Explain yourself. That's so entirely options. Karen's decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just presenting those options. Yeah, no, I'm just presenting Karen's them, options. yeah. Um, yeah, you can either play this like, uh, get more information out of him by, by, by bluffing. Uh, or... Yeah, but if he finds out I'm bluffing, I'm fucking dead, guys. <laughs> I'm not dead. You might just suffer his disappointment. Hey, we might be dead anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so much pressure. Um, I'm, I'm thinking... I feel like she would bluff. I think that's for me to know, isn't it? He snorts and a gout of flame comes out of his nose. He seems to be satisfied, at least, with that. And... Um, turns around and faces the door and goes, If I were you, I would resist no further. My reinforcements have arrived. Um, is is um is Rylan far from me? Sort of I'm just, standing reasonably near her. Yeah. Rylan, get more information. Rylan, hey, Rylan. <laughs> Rylan, get more information. So what's taking so long? With that, the uh, figure snaps around and looks at you. Do not talk to me as though you can dictate terms, halfling. Not looking for dictating terms. I just want to make sure we're ready. He punches the seal on the wall and leaves a little dent. Yeah, yeah the seal's been dented. That's why I'm staying up here. I cannot help but feel you seem to think I'm here to stop you. I cannot help but feel that you believe you are in some kind of privileged position just because the council deemed to send you to assist me, Silver. He's got a chip on his shoulder. She's, okay, okay, she's, okay. I'm trying to think how to word this. I don't want to make him angry, but I want to keep him talking. Well, I think he's pretty angry. He's but, pissed okay. off, but he hasn't struck you yet. Okay. Which means he's pissed off more with them than us. But also, he's too worried about the repercussions of killing you to kill you. Okay. Well... So far. <laughs> so far? Okay. I wouldn't use a word so divisive as dictate. Might I ask, uh, the the uh, handprint, have you, have you used that? Of course I've tried the handprint. It's broken from the inside. I... Yes, uh, no, I... I don't quite understand the technology, but I did realise there was... I don't expect you to. Oh, okay, of course. 
Well, let's all just stare at the door for a little longer instead of trying to figure a way through. Keep your retinue in check, Silver. Snuff charming. <laughs> yeah, Charlie. I say anything <laughs> 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 Well, since you pride yourself on your intellect and the company you keep, perhaps you would like to attempt to open the seal. Certainly. Let's have a look at it then. So he sort of makes a mocking bow and gets out of your way. I approach the door and investigate. I roll a 12. Okay, it's broken. I guess, do I recognize the runes on it nope. at all? No, it's, it's, they're all the same runes that you've seen throughout. Um, oh, the I same just, ones that were in the pedestal room? Can yeah. Can I, can I perform an arcana check? Sure. Please? 10. Um, I'm going to say that that's enough. In fact, I'm going to give you advantage on that one. Go ahead. Roll again, yeah. please. 16, 18. Because you're not classically trained in magic or magic theory or anything of the sort, this is all a bit intuitive. So what you interpret or what you sort of naturally feel, given your innate aptitude, whatever it may be, to observe and absorb magic, is that there is a powerful flame and a frozen shard of ice inside this door and they are both emitting energy that is at once melting the ice and the ice is in turn extinguishing the flame but this cycle just keeps happening and it doesn't actually unify or achieve whatever its goal is. These magics are in opposition and are not working in concert and that seems to be what is preventing the door from opening. Yeah, I guess the question would be, like, do you push it one way and hope it breaks or wins? Because mm, I can cool it down. And he can heat it up. Um, he's, he's fire. Maybe maybe first, can we ask him... I was what, away, what exactly happens? Maybe just something nice and general, like, what exactly happened here or what exactly like went wrong or what something did we like miss? that. All right, I, I, I take on a slightly schoolmistress-esque tone and say... What exactly have you done to this door? He gestures at the dents. You punched it a couple of times. Of course. Right. <laughs> it seems to be some sort of magical interference. There seems to be both heat and cold within this device. And it seems that one extreme will cause the door to open, but as far I cannot discern whether heat or cold would be the way to go. My, I may posit a theory that you really just need to unbalance it. Well, the half-elf might be correct. Show me how it's done. And he sort of just, again, makes a mocking gesture towards the door. Okay. Um, um, remembering that we all scan said there was, cold. like, cold and crunch and, like, so ice down here. So there's a lot of, it's unusually cold. The water was freezing at some points. So has that changed now, or is well, this... We're not in water anymore. Yeah. Is the air around us cold? No, um, it's actually quite warm. I feel like, given the warmth, the surprising warmth, actually, of the air around us, I would suggest cold would probably be the way to go. Mm. Once again, readying my weapon. <laughs> Have I encountered anything like this before? No, but there is something about this that just nags at you. It's like being in a familiar place that you've never visited, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not what you mean. I pull out yeah. a harpoon and also ready my warhammer. Like, put the warhammer on the ground next to me, ready to be picked up as soon as I throw the harpoon. Sure. I'm going to cool the door. 
Like, I don't want to put a layer of ice on the door. I want to cool the metal. Okay, that's fine. Let's let's um, let's make it a dexterity check. Okay. And I'm going to give you advantage on that. Okay. And not and I also want to clarify because you are doing that check and not using like full power. I'm going to say you retain your your ice breath. Okay, cool. I'm just doing it gently. Yeah, you're ice. you're. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Eighteen. Okay. Four. Four. Nineteen. Um, yeah. So you see, like this icy breath just get sucked in around the circular um, depression that this this button, I suppose, is sitting in. The mechanism starts to click, and the door starts to unseal. And as it does, it splits directly down the middle and pulls open. Beyond the door, you see a large empty room with tablets arrayed on several stone tables, along with a swathe of masonry tools. The room looks like an architect's office. However, it looks like it's been ransacked. There are a few items strewn along the floor, just pieces of masonry and tools. The Red Dragonborn gives a small grunt of approval uh, and stomps inside with his automatons. And pointing ahead of him, he says, Destroy all of this. And they comply. They start tearing the place to pieces. Is there anything else around here? Like, while he's not looking, is there anything else around that might be salvageable before they destroy it? There are, like, these octagonal glasses on... Not glasses as in, like, ones you put on, like, glasses you drink from, sitting on a desk. Whatever fluids they might have held have long since evaporated. There is a collection of, like, um, what appear to be... They're the equivalent that you would probably use to etch into stone instead, like little chisels and things like that. Other than that, there's nothing else, really. Uh, the Dragonborn turns to you, satisfied with the level of destruction his automatons are reeking on this room, and says, I suppose I must thank you, but now the quarry awaits. Excuse me. And he turns and starts storming off down the corridor by himself. Yeah, I... I, I, I follow it. It's like, it's like, I don't know about you lot, but I'm, I'm staying close to this one. Yeah, I'm not leaving. I'm not sticking around with these things anyway. I want to help. I like this guy. I reckon we follow I have mournfully looked up, sighed, <laughs> let go of the chain and followed everyone else. As you run, you can actually hear voices up ahead. You hear someone shout, they're through the barrier, blocks the hole. The red dragonborn is just running full pelt, dragging these blocks that are skittering along the stone, making as heavy a footfall as possible. Charlie internally is just stopped. And Internally like, and externally. Like, as in, so I've stopped and gone. So externally this too. This doesn't seem right. I, I don't think he's comfortable. Like he would go. Wait, no, we're on the wrong side here. Hey, Charlie. Since we don't know who's on the right side, can we stay on our side of keeping everyone alive and keeping us all in the, yeah, land of the living, and also just pretending we're her underlings? Yeah. Until we're like we've got a clear like totally on the like we same side. We can't pick a side until we know what side yeah. they're on. Just because they're Bashno doesn't mean they're poor sure. on the Bash. But I also, and this might seem a little selfish, but he's also a very iconic figure. That. You know, like... Don't think the covered government agents care about that, but... Yeah, but that's implying they all are... Like, there's just a whole lot... Yeah, I'll right, no, see enough. where you're, it unfold. Like, yeah. you would stop and then see you guys and go, you know, at this point, and, you know, I'm keeping these people safe. Them, at least, a little bit, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah fair um, enough. And then catch up. 
This hallway goes for a fair way, and as you're traveling down it, you start to see the figures uh, crowding around the opening. There's about four of them. They seem to be, like, erecting some kind of barricade, trying to just desperately bar the door somehow, even though it's an open space. You hear one of them shout, Depot, you've killed us all! As the, the Dragonborn just slams into the fortification, it explodes back. He knocks everyone back and immediately, with one hand, just arcs this flail over his head and crushes the skull of the closest person. I am totally on his side now. Um, I run out behind him and yell, make sure to keep one alive. <sighs> I don't intend for any of them to leave you alive. Not in the long term, though, but briefly it might be worth our while. He snaps his head around and looks at you and goes back to swinging this flail as he walks towards the other three defenders, which are an elf and two humans. The person he crushed the head of was another elf. Now, do we want to roll initiative? What can you describe? What information do I have before I decide sure. whether Charlie engages in combat? This dragonborn has slain someone straight up. He's advancing on the others. They've drawn weapons and they're backing away. If okay, they're so. trying to back away and not be murdered, then no, I am not attacking them. Okay. Here's the problem. We sensed five of them before. There are four of them here. They said DuPont. Somewhere between where they were before and where they are now, Dupree's gone off somewhere. He could have also legged it behind them. Because oh, there's three ways out of the room. Yeah, so no fair point. Okay, well, he's yeah, he's just advancing slowly on them, swinging the thing. He's kind of relishing the moment. It's like, I think the council will be very annoyed if we squandered useful information for the sake of immediate violence. Uh, there's always a need for immediate violence. <laughs> when you're simpleton. Um, at that, he snaps his head around. How can you let an underling speak to you like that? Or speak for me? I don't want to punch Charlie right now. Feel free to. Feel free to. I crossed a challenge. Cuff him around the side of the head on the ear. Charlie, play it up. Yeah, like, I, I go, I do apologise, ma'am. He seems mollified by the fact that you've disciplined him um, and then turns back to the other three who are, are almost quaking in their boots with swords drawn. Surrender! You might have a better chance that way. <sighs> yes, surrender. Throw down your weapons. I promise your death will be swift. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Any of you fancy a talk, or do you fancy a club to the head? Um, one of the one of the humans drops his sword and just sort of go and starts to back to the side, like away from his group. Like I'm not with them. Um, and the other two fix him with a look, like, "Are you for fucking real?" <laughs> and then look back, and they actually resolve a little bit more. So as they back away with their swords drawn, uh, you actually notice that what they're stepping on appears to be a large tiled map that takes up the entirety of this floor, and it depicts places you've never seen before. I, so, I gestured, I sort of, I'm going to move into the room a little bit to one side, yeah. to the same side, and I was like, come, come here, come here, yeah. <laughs> to, to the human. It's like, we'll talk to this one. You immediate violence, those two. Come, Silver. There's blood to be spilt. Oh. Yeah, Silver, there's blood to be spilt. <laughs> Go to it. Oh, Silver, but you're one of our best interrogators. Do you want to maybe talk to this guy for us? Enough talk. Ah, I feel a bit morally conflicted about this, guys. The blood is yours to spill. Um, and, and I turn my back and I grab the guy by the scruff of his neck that, that surrendered. Do you want to start talking or am I going to change your mind? Well, while you do that, you hear um, Red go, <laughs> Weakness. And then turn from you and 
basically bring the flare up and down and just crushes both in one fell swoop. Um, they attempt to block, but the sword doesn't work. Guess who made some orphans? You could have been on on that. I kind of wanted to. <laughs> I was strongly considering attacking rope. Yeah, because I'm like... I just don't want to provoke him because he's a lot bigger than me. <laughs> he has a name, but I'm going to go shorthand him red until you guys actually bother to find out what that is. Okay? All cool. right. So I grab the guy by the scruff of his neck and says, don't make me change my mind. Please he's, tell me where he's just, no, he's just, please don't let him kill me. <laughs> also, I still have, um, no. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you kind of didn't say you were bringing him I, very specific. Yeah, I did no, not say. Did. <laughs> I did not say I put him down. Right. I also said I now have a kobold. Okay. <laughs> I I I probably shouldn't, but I will. He's welcome to still be unconscious and under my arm. Well, uh, I can mean, you just be our pet from now on. Is that yeah. a thing? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, uh, so guys, says, please don't let him kill me. I'm like, give me a good reason why I shouldn't. <laughs> I was just hired to do a job. By, By who? The pond. And what job was that? Excavation. Excavation for what? I don't know. I'm a stonemason. Oh, really? Don't you don't know what you're are. looking for? I don't know what this crazy place is. I didn't even know this was here. Really? No, didn't know anything. That sounds very convenient. I give him a little shake. Uh, I don't know what I can tell you. I... We came down here, they blew the door behind us. Who did? Who blew the door? It's a pond. He wanted to make sure that we weren't working interrupted. He said he had another way out. We almost lynched him over it, but he was very, very adamant that he would double our paycheck. And and then we've spent the rest of the time here. We had plenty of provisions. We didn't see any issue with it. I mean, two of them, I mean, we resolved it amicably. It's just a shame that they then got food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Food poisoning. How fucking stupid are you? The pork was bad. Yeah, it was. Yes, terrible. Where were you digging? Here, here. I mean, we were looking around the place. We tried a few different holes, but... And he looks over at the red dragon, who's just, like, looking at you now with a bit of a... What are you doing? Look on his face. Um, he goes, we, we were digging here. He said that it was really important, and he had us try all these different shafts around the basin... And, um, and then, you know, that's basically what I've been doing. I don't know what I can tell you. Please. Can I non-lethal damage? I, wa I want to knock him out. Um, I'm going to say if you want to, you can whack him over the head with something. Yeah. And we'll do that. All right, so, I don't know, you, you javelin? Oh, sorry, I'm harpoon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, so you knock him on the head. The sound of one of those squeaky hands. Um, <laughs> Oh, oh, I, I only, I'm sorry. Sorry, my man. So, <laughs> Ryland, um, Red's still fixing you with that funny look as I'm assuming you drop the unconscious man who's been bopped over the head with a hammer. Pathetic. We need to find DuPont and fast. Mm, he's been thrown outside for too long. I can find him. How? It'll take but a minute. Literally a minute. <laughs> Be quick about it. Yes, ma'am. Primeval awareness. Yeah. <laughs> you can immediately sense footprints charging off further down the opening that's directly ahead of you. Okay. That makes more sense. Any, any, he's yeah, that charging does. directly ahead of you. Down any any more info? Um, he's moving at speed? Uh, no, I'm looking for people generally. No, there's no one else here. Okay, cool. Uh, look, I, I don't know that it's him, but given that they dropped his name and he's the only one else down here, that way. That way? 
the red dragonborn takes the lead as you walk down the central hallway at your direction, Ryland, and you all file in behind him as you enter this large room that is dominated by a massive eight-sided column of white stone that descends from the domed ceiling. Charlie and Skin, because of your naval background, you immediately recognize that drawn on the roof is what appears to be a map of the stars. The constellations are all etched into the stone and have hundreds of small grooves that run along it, giving the appearance of an intricately stone-worked puzzle. The column itself tapers down to a point that lies situated over a small octagonal column that comes up to about hip height, situated in the centre of a depression beneath the floor. Even at this distance, you can see that there is a small octagonal vial sitting on top of it with some kind of liquid inside. Where there aren't steps, there is a small wall that runs the perimeter of this depression. And on those walls at intervals, you can see small dials, very reminiscent of the sort of door handles you get on marine vessels that look like they operate something. Can I see DuPont? Uh, yes, he has basically run straight down. He's about 100 foot ahead of you, standing next to that pillar. Still moving, or is he... No, he's come to a stop, and he's looking at this this um, vial underneath it. And also, you notice that from even from this distance, he doesn't have the the same sort of physical appearance that he had around you. Um, he doesn't have those buck teeth anymore. He seems far more. Um, he doesn't look fucked up in the DNA. If that makes sense. And he's also wearing um, a a combat sort of um, get up. It's all red, uh, and he has leathers on with um, two rapiers at his sides. Basically, he looks like he's tooled up for adventure and he actually strikes a far more imposing figure than he had previously where he was sort of this simpering, foppish fool. Now he looks supremely capable. <sighs> so the rat is cornered in his den. Are you happy to bond? Have you solved your riddle? Well, now I am your answer. DuPont turns to face the large red dragonborn and goes, you always were a bit of a prick, weren't you, Marduk? He looks past Marduk and sees you five and kind of does a double take for a second and goes, how the hell did you get here? Once again, you seem to have drastically underestimated our capabilities. Got a bone to pick with you, or you with. Also, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> listen, yeah. you have to listen to me. There is more at stake here than you realize. There are a lot more things going on here than you will ever understand. The place we're in, for instance, should give you at least that much information. Help me deal with that, and he points at Marduk again, and we can talk. Like, I really want to trust Dupont, but I don't. <laughs> What's Marduk doing? Um, he's now looking at you all very suspiciously. And he's looking at you, Ryland, with probably the most suspicion. How does DuPont know you? Again, I think that's my business, isn't it? <laughs> I think Charlie desperately wants to say something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm going to attack Marduk. I'm on the same. Yeah, I agree. I reckon attack Marduk because he sounds. I'm sorry. Like... I guess the point here is the devil. You know, like we yeah, know exactly. Dupont. We don't know so Marduk. I, I don't out. know um, Dupont, no. but I've witnessed this guy charge through and murder six non-combatants. Basically, I agree. It's the destruction of everything it. that I have the problem with yeah, as well. And then go now kill this guy. Yeah. And but I don't still like him. Not still. We we. I reckon we could take Dupont as well. I, I'm happy to double down on this. 
Let's kill both these cats. I have a You don't have to help us do the DuPont thing. I'm happy to do that myself. No, I don't want to, I don't want DuPont today. I want to hear what he has to say. It's I'm like, happy to listen to him first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm he's more pretty much happy said to cast Charm Person on DuPont now. I wasn't before. Now it's like, you can fucking tell me shit. Everyone roll initiative. Yeah. <laughs> have a go if you think you're hard enough. Yeah. Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Oh, really? Uh, 20. 17. 10. 7. 5. 5? Did you roll for Frosh? No, sorry, 10. Uh, okay, so who has the high decks? Abella? Okay. So, um, we're gonna go with Mark first. Bastard. He rolled 23. But as he's surprised by your sudden but inevitable betrayal, he does not act this turn. Charlie's turn. Uh, so yeah, like, is Mardok still looking at me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I sort of drop my weight down um, and yeah, move 25 feet up to him and throw a few more punches at the side of his head. Sure. Um, 19. Mm-hmm. Hits. Uh, 22 hits. Yep. And then my flurry of blows, that's a 17. Uh, 24. So all three of those hits. Mm-hmm. He takes... 22 points of damage. No, do you know, I'm gonna give this a whirl. It's probably not gonna work. Um, give me a strength saving throw. Okay. DC 14. What's so, the ability? Um, it's basically when I hit him with a flurry of blows, if he fails a DC 14 strength check, Okay. Um, he's pushed 15 feet. Plus eight, that makes it 12, so he failed that check. Excellent. So basically what it would be is a punch in the side of, like, yep. the behind his eye. Yeah. Um, and then he drops really low. Give a Liverpool um, kids. And gives him, no, like a, a full uppercut in the bottom of the jaw, which sends him yep. 15 feet back. Yep. Murdoch just takes this hit straight into the face. He goes flying backwards between Abella and Ryland, who will both get attacks of all. As he goes flying backwards, he puts his hand on the ground and starts riffing up parts of the stone. You can see one of the tiles comes up as he comes to a rest and looks up at you. This, it, like, he sort of previously, even though he was sort of being big, bad, red dragon man, he's now got, like, um, not a literal fire, but like a fire behind the eyes. Like he's actually really enjoying the fact that he's fighting someone who can potentially do damage to him. Mm. And again, Charlie's hopping and goes, Neo, yeah. Sort of, the Neo, just come on. The The Captain Falcon, show me your moves. (laughs) (laughs) He throws a shit-eating grin at you and just goes, Excellent. Why do I feel like one of Tristan's characters about to die? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) He probably is, but I can't make a, like, I have to play my character. It's very in character. Yes. I I get it. I'm just like... Um, and yeah, like Charlie's sort of yeah. energized, like bopping on his toes, like smile, like come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you some manners. Okay, let's resolve those attacks of all. Uh, Sixteen plus five, mm-hmm. twenty-two. Yeah, that hits. Um, what's it plus again? Stupid question. Plus your dexterity. Plus seven, so dex plus proficiency. Oh, cool. So yours will be a twenty-four. Uh, four. Does okay. she also get her sneak attack because she's lying? Yeah, no, she so would. add 2d6 to that. 2d6? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Fuck. There you go. Thank Enjoy. you. It's what rogues are good at. I got a six and a one. So another seven, 14. Can we get an update on how he's looking? Because he's taken a lot of damage. He looks fine. Oh, no. In fact, he looks really like he's really enjoying himself. Like he hasn't been hit by someone worth fighting in a while. 
Ryland, uh, your turn. All right, well, I'm going to take a run and a jump and bring my battle axe down in an overhand double-headed swing aiming at his head. Come on, baby. He's on his knees as well, so it's just like execution style. Love it. Please don't roll a one. Oh, 19. 19 okay. plus, plus five, yes. So 24. Uh, Ryland, you charge forward, bringing your battle axe in a swift arc down towards his head. At the last second, Marduk twists his body slightly and raises the haft of his flail to try and block the assault against his head. He manages to deflect the blade. He's still cutting on his shoulder and he grunts. They shall know of this betrayal. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not sure who I'm betraying. <laughs> Roll damage, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, five plus string, eight. Because I only ran 10 feet, can I run away? Yeah, you can, but you'll incur an attack of all. Okay, yeah, cool. I'm good. I'm good. All right. I'm going to draw my bow and aim it and fire. Go for it. But you'll get your sneak attack. Sweet. So I draw my bow and fire, and then I roll a two plus seven is nine. Yeah. No, the you're in your attempt to try and I'm not just a hit. bit excited. Well, you try not to hit Ryland as well, so you yeah, you're the... Shot goes wide into a wall. Um, how f- I'm 10 feet away from him, aren't I? Yep. So like a couple meters. I back away 30 feet. Yep. Hrosh um, is going to sting him. Um, mm-hmm. So I need to roll first. Roll. Roll to hit, and then I roll to see if a I... A natural 20. Nice. Okay, great. So what's the DC? Uh, it is a DC 13 on Constitution. He rolled a 17. Yeah. That would be hilarious if that worked. Uh, five. Nice, Rush. Good boy. So it's now Nezor's turn. Yeah, I don't have a lot I can do because I have no good spells. I have a dagger I can throw at him. That's about it. Um, I'm going to move about 15 foot back and throw a dagger at him just to see if I can help in any way. Sure. I don't need to hold on to a dagger. Uh, that's a 12 plus 4 is 16. Okay, yeah, you throw the dagger and it bounces off his leather armor. Yeah. Just hit the wrong angle. Cool. Okay. I, I did nothing. Close. Thanks for trying. Scan, your turn. Uh... Hapu in the c- Actually, can I just yell at Japon? You're welcome to help at any time. Oh, I will. I'll believe that when Erhart starts being nice to Bashanos without being threatened. I'm nice to the Bashano without being threatened. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> Scans. Yeah, probably going to throw another harpoon. I was going to say, now's a good time to harpoon some c**ts. Yeah, I'm going to harpoon this c**t. Um, or at least I'm going to try. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a disadvantage, guys. Mind you, I can't think of anything else I might use my inspiration on, so I might as well use my inspiration. Sure. Okay, go ahead. Uh, that is a 17. And a natty 20. Nice. Oh, yeah! All right. Natty 20, so 25 for the harpoon. Uh, that's a six. Uh, eight. Um, yeah, now this sticks into his abdomen. He immediately fixes you with a glare and gives you a sort of a, you're next. I ready the Warhammer. Bring it. So um, at this point, DuPont charges past, uh, no, he charges up to Charlie and just takes a moment and looks and he goes, Dupree DuPont. Charlie Rothhouse, were you the one that was trying to fix the fight? Yes. Oh, okay. I'll do with you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fair enough. <laughs> Dupree, 
You might not have finished. <laughs> no, he looks at you and goes, fair enough. And it was not in any way a threat of violence. Like, it's not, he's like, no, I'll no. do with this later then. Like, no, but he's just sort of just run up past you like, fair enough. enough. Fair enough. And then we'll say as he does, he draws both, uh, both fencing swords. Um, and they're very nice looking weapons. I was going to say, Charlie would notice the nice look. Like, he would be like, oh, man, uh, oh, I see you're like, a man of class. Man of class. Um, no, obviously the ones that are made, so. Is like, I had class once. <laughs> You're still classy, my lady. I have a class. I. In a jar. With some bones. Which is also made of glass. <laughs> and Nezzle's just like, fuck class. Who needs that shit? <laughs> right, so back to the top of the order. So, Marduk, first thing he does is he puts his foot on the ground and just sort of starts to ride himself. Now, Ryan, I'm assuming that you've stuck the accent and you're holding it there, trying to push down as hard as he can. He pushes back as hard and then a bit more and is actually starting to stand up and is going to his full height. I'm going to assume you withdraw the weapon at that point. And yeah, sort of I don't want to get lifted up. Stand ready. Um, and he just starts, he just looks at you and then brings the flail up and starts to spin it. And he brings it around and he brings it right towards your head. So... Okay, well, he rolled a 22 versus AC. Does that hit? But okay. I can use parry to mm-hmm. reduce the damage. Sure. Okay. I don't know how you really parry a flail, but... Uh, six plus dex is... Oh, fuck. Minus two. Four. Okay, so he did five damage. Nothing. Not, not bad, yeah. though. That's, yeah. that's handy. Uh, I'm going to say clips your head. However, he keeps spinning that flail. And he's going to do another attack. Uh, that one's not as good. Uh, what does 15 do versus your AC? Uh, my AC is 18, so that one's not hit. No worries. Um, so I think you get clocked the first attack and sort of stumble back a little bit and he doesn't move Compensate correct. so he misses it. Um, and he's going to do one other, one last attack with that. Um, and, but it doesn't matter because he rolls a two, um, so he does not hit you at all. But he's just sitting there now with this shit and grin, spinning this flail as hard as he can around him. And he's going to start advancing towards you. <laughs> Three does get the bleed first. Um, By the way, I'm not actually silver. Uh, Charlie, your turn. Okay. All right. You took it well. I'm a feared for my life. <laughs> I'm going to again dash in. So he's he's now 40 feet away from me. Right. Um. So I'll spend 40 feet of movement to move in. Yeah. Um. Of your 50. Yeah. Of my 50. Yep. Yeah. To throw some punches. Um, 21. Uh, that's a one, so that's not going to hit. Um, and then that's a 16 on that's my way phone. way better than the nine that it was before. Yeah, it's <laughs> 16 total? Um, 16 plus seven, so 23. No worries, that hits two. Two hits, yeah. one of those being my flurry of blow attack. Sure. Um, so, and this is... Because he's got his arm sort of raised, yeah. I'm punching him in the soft bits, sure. sort of under his arm to try and get him to drop his drop weapon. Drop his um, Eight. And nine. So 17 points of damage. Cool. Um, and since I used my last, let's make him make a dexterity save. Sure. Okay, no, yeah, he absolutely fails. Uh, he gets knocked prone. All right. Cool. Um, so I pop up in under his arms. Yeah. Um, he can't make opportunity attacks. I shift back ten feet, and he gets knocked prone. And then I'm gonna throw a look over to Dupont, going, 
Like Now's the um, opportunity. Yeah, again, just sort of bouncing and looking at him. Yeah, Ryland, your turn. Uh, I'm I'm going to hit this motherfucker again. All right. Uh, bring my axe back up. Um, Because he's prone, I imagine aiming for his head's going to be pretty easy, so I do so. You get advantage on this attack. <laughs> Which is good, because I just rolled a five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 11 plus, plus 5, 16. Um, you think you've got him at the last second. He noozes his head out the way almost instinctually and the thing hits the pavers underneath him. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so, next, Isabella. Cool. So I, Shank the bitch. Yes, I'm, I'm going to shank the bitch. Sure. So I dash in, mm-hmm. taking out my rapier as I do so. And fucking really? You already have got advantage. Good. Yeah. <laughs> So I rolled a two. Come on, not a two. 20! Yes! <gasps> All right, so what do you do? Uh, shank the bitch. Okay, roll damage. Yeah. Now watch me get a one for damage. So don't forget... Oh, that's right. I was going to oh. move back away from him. Wait a sec. Roll dice. What was it? No, I didn't get a one. I did get a two. Perfect. And that was a six. Okay, so, so eight. eight total plus your two two D six. six because you're taking, making a... I am. Attack. So yeah, roll those twice as well. Angela, roll the two oh, sixes again. Sick. Yeah. So we're at 13. See, I missed and hit the floor, and she fucking... She fucking shanks the bitch. That's the idea. And doesn't get much damage so far. Ah, oh, cool, I got nine on that one. So, plus 13's 22. Right. That is proper. Take a fucking... Yeah. Uh, so you... <laughs> yeah. right. You jackhammer him. <laughs> so, Bella, you run up and start shanking him. Um... Ryland! Um, How does he react to the name Ryland being shouted really? Yeah. He's just yeah, in pain. He's not having a great time at this no, point. He's <laughs> not... Do you like that, bitch? <laughs> yeah, bitch. Yeah, okay. Now you're oh, red on the outside bitch. too. Oh. He already was red on the outside. <laughs> I'm all red on the outside. Thank you, Charlie. It's so that the enemies can't see him bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, he is now bleeding profusely from his side and he looks a lot worse for wear than he was a little while ago. But um, he... Definitely, he growls in pain. Uh, it is now Prosh's turn. Right. Prosh is going to sting the bastard again. Sure. Um, <laughs> one of us. That's uh, an 11. Okay, so he doesn't hit. Uh, yeah, there you are. Um, he then retreats away. He's, yeah, he's... Sure. Um, full distance away. Wait, does Prosh have six. advantage on attack? Yeah, he does, actually. Oh, yeah, right. Thanks, man. Uh, that's 21. That uh, 20. 20. That hits. No worries. Thank you. So, yeah, Frosh wings in and last second pushes his tail forward and goes for the soft parts. So roll a uh, DC 13 on Constitution. He rolls a 16 on the dice. That's another five damage. Okay, great. Good little boy. He's done 10. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Nezor, your turn. Heat the metal. I can't. Now the harpoon is in him now. No, I can't. I physically can't. I don't have have spell spell Uh, How many spell slots do you have? I have one. Level one. Yep. My level one spells are Charm Person, Thunder Wave, Silent Image, and Healing Word. Yeah. I'll I'll ready my dodge. So Um, scan, your turn. It's hammer time. I'm getting out my hammer, uh, and I'm going to step in and... uh, So if I'm at advantage... But also a disadvantage, we're back on the, the same advantage thing. Yeah, it negates. You just rolled normally. 
11 plus uh, 15. No, again, like uh, you bring the hammer down. I'm assuming you're aiming for his head. And he again sort of... I was actually going to sort of golf swing into his ribs. Sure. Okay. I'm going to say then in that case, he sort of does like a little, he hops to a um, a sort of a, a planking position and, and lets the hammer swing past him. He only catches the edge of it, which just does not affect him. Yeah. Uh, however, at this point, DuPont is going to blow past you and <laughs> drive both. Fuck a motherfucker. What? He's going to steal this fucking kill. No. He's... He... Oh, fuck. Okay. He rolled an 18. Seven. So he does damage to Marduk. Brings out the second one and brings it down on him, trying to sever his neck and crits. (laughs) So so many crits. 14. Um, So he... Yeah, he shanks him with one blade and then pulls it out and then with the other one attempts to cut Marduk's head off. The blade comes down and hits his neck. However, the scaled armor that Marduk naturally has from being dragonborn prevents the blade from cutting through and getting that death blow he was after. It's now Marduk's turn. Now, Marduk's going to stand up, so who's got attack of opportunity on you? I think I do because I'm right next to him. Sure. All right. I'm going to roll DuPont's first. Uh, He rolls too low. He does not get that. Yep. It's a three. Mm Mm-hmm. 18. 18. That's it. Roll your damage. 11. So, um, This is another uh, attempt yeah. at decapitation. Yeah, no, you catch him on the other side, I think. Um, <laughs> and again, it's just that, that net meat is just too strong. Like, he's naturally very resilient to physical damage. He doesn't look good, though. He's bleeding from his side. He, he's starting to get welts show up underneath even his, like, sort of draconic appearance. However, he also looks like he's entering into a, a rage of some oh, kind. No. And he reaches up and grabs DuPont by the neck and crits. Oh. Um, and, and slips as his heel the bar um, so. He, yeah, grabs DuPont by the neck and spins him around. So everyone who's adjacent, deck save. I, I got 17, but plus five. So I got natural 20. 20 plus yeah. five, so 25. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I do like a backflip out of the way. So, yeah, he <laughs> grabs DuPont by the neck, swings him around himself with the I hand. I feel like I almost punched DuPont as he goes past. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he was considered an enemy, I guess technically you get an attack of all. Um, I sort of do. <laughs> if you want. Nah, it's all right. Okay, it's, um, it's no, he spins ball. him and throws, and throws him at Ryland. Um, <laughs> what did I do? Um, dex saving throw? Dex saving throw to not get hit by DuPont. Uh, 17 plus two dex, so 19. 19, yeah, you avoid. So, yeah, I'm going to say you oh, leak out the way. Jesus. DuPont's going to get thrown and takes 18 points of damage oh. when he hits the ground and bounces and rolls um, and lands with his back that? around the edge of that uh, raised lip and breaks one of those dials. Ooh, that's a good throw. Um, is he all right? He seems very hurt. <laughs> Whether or not he's like alive and able to continue, but he's like, <laughs> um, and <laughs> I, I can't help but love Marduk just a bit. <laughs> yeah, so Marduk then takes his flail and tries to crush Scan with it. Oh. And crits. Oh, fuck off with your crits. Does ten points of damage as he brings the flail down on you. Yeah. Now roll me a strength save to avoid being forced prone. Uh, that's a natty twenty, baby. Yep. And now he's going to try and flail Abella as. Oh a hell bat no! Suit. 
Um, and that's a twenty-two. Oh, holy fuck! You could drive yeah. him back again. It'd be super cool. Yeah. Um, any of that anymore? Oh, you're out. Um, so that's eleven points of damage. And roll me a strength save yeah. to not be force prone. Uh, what's that? Eight. You are now prone. Oh no. <laughs> Again, Marduk grabs Dupree, swings, spins around, throws him like he did before, brings the flail down on Scan, scans, buckles under it but doesn't break. Um, and then he, with the same hand, brings it back down on Abella, who just collapses underneath it. And then he sort of turns and sizes you up, Scan. He doesn't care about Abella. He's just sort of, he's moved his regard to you and he goes, It's rare that one person can wither a soul like that. Maybe you will be worth a fight. I. Spit blood on the ground and give him a shedded ingrid of my own. He returns and he's just like, I'm enjoying myself <laughs> so, so much. Yeah. After I saw him throw Dupont and then hit a lady. Uh, yeah. A bell. <laughs> I go. All things. I go. A child goes, right. <laughs> now I'm really upset. Do you know, I had a second and I was like, he did what? Who did he? All oh, right. <laughs> and holds his hand sort of like spears, like, um, so this is lethal damage. Right. And he'll run up and, cause he's got his head turned, where he's taken the slash to the neck and it's opened, he's gonna strike him twice. Nice. Um, with the points of his fingers into that wound. Ooh. Uh, 20. Yeah, that hits. Get his esophagus and just And that's a 19. Okay, yeah, that hits. Roll me damage. Uh, 16 points of damage. Okay. Charlie runs up and starts just wailing on this this weak point. And immediately, it's, when you hit that nerve, he just sort of makes an involuntary response and goes, <laughs> and clasps it with his free hand. Yeah. So basically, both of those punches, um, yeah. like stabs, uh, to open it up even more. Yeah. Um, and then I shift back 25 feet again. Sure. You're going to attack um, her and attack a bot, though? No, I'm not, because I attacked him and I'm mobile. Right, OK. So I move back and I go, don't ignore the real challenge. OK. Next is Ryland. Right. Suppose I'll take another swing at this motherfucker. Aim for the neck. Yeah, so I'm going to swing in with my axe and aim for the weak spot on his neck that sure. Charlie's just had a go at. Ten, motherfucker. Yeah. Plus five, fifteen. No, it doesn't. Oh, you swing on. your axe and he sort of lunges back a little bit, just avoiding it. God damn it, guys. I can't land a blow in this one. So if I yep. get up, yes. I was gonna. Well, I was actually going to say, can I just like do a little roll? Just okay. on out of there. You roll uh, prone away from Marduk, uh, 15 foot, uh, and have successfully disengaged without being crushed again. Great. But he's not even paying attention to you at this point. He's got... almost offended. Yeah. Don't be. Yeah. Being crushed by him sucks, as you probably are aware. Yeah, I know. I fucking know. It hurt. <laughs> yeah. I've been ignored this entire fight. Oh, oh poor you! Me. I'm Charlie! Yes. He's I'm also been piled ignored. on this entire fight. <laughs> I can't land a blow in this fucking fight. Yeah. Don't worry, I haven't been hit yet. All right. Oh, uh, no. Tom's taking his head. Oh, I did get hit. No, I'm trying to figure out what. There's nothing I can do to help right now. Like, if he. Like, I don't know. Do you have an inspiration point? Well, before you do anything, it's actually Hrosh's turn. Ooh. Hrosh is going to attack him again um, with his stinger in the open wound on the neck. Go for it. Uh, that's 16 plus 6, 22. Yeah, that hits. Um, uh, DC 13, please. 
Oh, he rolled off crit fail. So yeah. He's paralyzed, bitches! Yeah. Shit! <laughs> Actually, you sure it's paralyzed? I thought it was unconscious. Lose by five, unconscious. Right, yeah, so he's he's too busy looking at Ryland to notice Frosh just land on him and go, and he just kind of goes, and just his head roll, his eyes roll the back of his head and he just sort of topples. Actually, I'm going to roll the direction to see which way he topples. <laughs> he topples forward onto Ryland. Ryland. For fuck's sake! Roll a deck save to avoid being... Oh, crit fire. Can I be standing right there? Can I push her out no, of the way? I'm not, I just wanted to know whether or not you'd move out of the way. No, so yeah, Marduk falls on top of you. Uh, Ow! Yeah. And let's go of the flail and is just immobile on top of you. This really isn't my thing at all. <laughs> and you hear DuPont get up and just groan. Yeah, I'll move over. Readjust his spine and try and stand up. He goes, oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah, well, I would have moved over and yeah. given you Oh, no, he, he takes your hand. Uh, he goes, oh, thank you very much. Well, didn't expect to see you all here. Could someone get me out from uh, under oh, this yes. guy? I would have been trying to get the guy yes. off Ryland. Yeah. Um, no, I'm... he walks over to help. Would have gingerly stood up. DuPont. Oh, okay, good. Can we slit his throat? Who does? Does, does Marduk get up to help? No. <laughs> Speaking was, of yeah. Marduk, can we... Since so I thought we were just helping him up. As, so, as, as Charlie was going over to do that, I was like, I'll be helping her up immediately. You roll him, Marduk off, um, and he's just like, eyes the back of his head, ble- bleeding, doesn't seem particularly in any kind of shape, and DuPont just looks, he goes, well, come to take care of this, reaches into his pocket and pulls out a dagger and just goes down to cut his throat. I'll put my hand on his shoulder. I'm like, before you murder this guy, who does he work In my misspent youth, I was something of an archaeologist. During one of my digs, I discovered ruins of an ancient civilization that was not merely left to fade on the pages of history, but rather, it would seem, was erased. This attracted the attentions of an organization that this bastard, that he points to Marduk, works for, that I call the Cult of the Dragon, for obvious reasons. Ever since my first brush with them, I have been searching for answers. And I have discovered their proxies in the highest echelons of power in empires all across the continent, all working towards nefarious and unimaginable ends, yet always resulting in bloodshed, violence, and war at every turn. For all their machinations, however, their ambitions seem to be turned ever inwards. So, to that end, I and some like-minded people I discovered with similar stories decided to break the cycles that they set in motion. We formed a pact, a tontine in fact. Its goal was exploration of new lands beyond the dark tides. Lands where their influence holds no sway and where we can be free. So we've we've uncovered the very edges of a couple of things. Uh, one would appear to be a uh, plot to arm a, uh, an uprising in Orim. <laughs> Anything to do with you? <laughs> yes. I still work for the king. I am still a loyal subject of the king. May his reign last. The Earhart king. Of course. But I serve him... Okay, then. What about the Kedra? They're assassins. Why? They involved? Uh, we've encountered several of them. 
One of them at your hotel. He stops and thinks for a moment and goes, I can think of at least six people who would like me dead. The day's not over. But why rig the fight? Why does that matter? There, I had to get a favor from someone. And at the same time, I could get the information that you wanted scanned about your sister. So do you have any idea where Mardok came from? I've met him one time prior to this. And that was when I was made an offer. Stay out of their way or be destroyed. Well, that didn't work out for him. No, and you have my thanks for that. Uh, he rubs his back with that, like... So back to, sorry, to the pictures and drawings, were you aware of the mural that was in the library room in this facility? No, I entered through a cavern that I collapsed behind. Does a figure with a dragon and then a figure in flame, a figure in armour fighting a what seems to be an army or a group of people mean anything to you for what you've seen? He sits and sort of thinks for a minute and he goes, I've seen similar motifs and as best as I can put this together, there has been some kind of ongoing conflict. I believe in whatever struggle that they were in, they must have ultimately lost, whoever the people are here. And whoever the people are that are destroying these sites, perhaps they're the victors that have just seamlessly begun to pull the strings of our great nations. Mardok acted like he knew me, or thought he knew me. He called me Silver. Does that mean anything? Well, apart from the obvious, you're, you're a silver color, but no, I don't know. Or of the, the council. council. Hmm, mentioned council. <sighs> Believed she was an agent of the council and assumed we were her compatriot. If there's a conspiracy, there will be someone pulling the strings. Could we maybe just kill this guy then now and oh, yeah. oh, oh, Charlie, Charlie wants to kill him. the words out of my mouth. Yes, can the we whole, deal with the immediate the problem? The whole point of the question was just to know whether he was responsible oh, for more oh. atrocities than the ones I witnessed where he murdered unarmed people that you ran away from. Oh yeah, they're all dead, by the way. But I suppose no, that would be the case. Not all of them. One of them's still alive. I knocked one of them unconscious. So, okay. feel right, free to continue, and then we can have this conversation oh. not in a damp cave. All right. And he leashes down and he cuts Marduk's throat. <laughs> and Charlie looks away as it, like, goes. When he cuts his throat and I look away, I remember the potion. So Charlie actually walks over to that potion that was on the... Sure, the vial. Yeah, the vial and goes to grab it. So um, DuPont just drops the dagger on the ground and then reaches down and finds a part of... Um, Maldok's clothing that's not covered in blood and just starts wiping his hands. Anything that I might want to loot? Um, you find a musical instrument. It's a very odd-looking thing. It's sort of like a panpipe, like the Peruvian panpipes, except it's two different tubes that connect at one point and they have uh, different... You play two different tunes on, perhaps. It's a melodica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a melodica, yes, you're correct. Um, I'm, I'm going I'm no. to hand it to, to Nazor. You might want that. Mm -hmm. No problem. Um, not the best at this, but sure. So this is a plus one magic instrument. Whenever you cast a bard spell using this instrument, you get a plus one bonus. Can I take a scale? Sure. 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 It's like I beat someone up. Can I take a tooth? <laughs> More like kill his skin off. Can I take knuckle bones and, and put them in a jar? I want his weenus. What of it? This is like... Right. Take it nipples. Sorry. <laughs> well, were any scales not loose in the battle that I could pick up? Sure, there's the whole body of them if you want. Sure, <laughs> I, I pick up a scale. So DuPont's sort of like, this is not at all how I wanted this to go. 
Could we leave? Yeah. I have to sleep and train for a fight in a few days. Do you want to... Uh, down here, where, where is further? You are wanting to go, perhaps? Well, um, and he looks at the, the room here and he goes, this seems to be it. I don't know what it is or what it does. What about that vial? That it is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you want to keep it. But trust me when I tell you, it is probably useless to you. Tell me what it is. I don't know. Should I drink it? I would not advise it. What does it look like? It is reminiscent of the slime you fought, in that it's a sort of gelatinous substance. Probably don't drink it then. But it does appear to have sort of like, you're holding it through glass and you can feel that sort of magical static. I was about to say, can I arcana it? Yeah. Maybe poke it. No. That worked out. For fuck's sake. 19. Okay. Yeah, you're convinced it's a slime scan. And Nezo, this is about a hundred times more powerful than any passive magic you've ever come across. Mm. It's like a spirit versus a beer. Yeah. I thought you meant spirit as in like the ghost. And I was like, what? No. I I mean, like, in terms of it's distilled, is I suppose the best way to describe it. Um, but you don't know what it does, so it's going to be of no use to you either. I have a better understanding of at least this place than perhaps you do. I can pit together what its purpose is. I'm not advocating that I hold on to it. I'm just saying it's useless to you. Let someone who has some expertise try and piece it together. Good idea. And I'll I'll kneel down to Nezor and go, there you go, my magical <laughs> little friend. Um, I, I'm happily, I'll happily take a short rest. I was going to say, maybe we can rest because I've got some health sure. points I wanted to... Yeah, I would good. like to rest in my bed. And I, I'd like to long mind. rest. I, wanna I don't to care what's down again. here. Fine. Well, <laughs> if you don't mind, and he wanders over to the, the device, well, would anyone here like to help me or sure. should we just leave? Because since you seem so interested in leaving. Don't be snarky. It's not becoming of a gentleman. And I'll go over and give him a hand. So, upon cursory examination of these dials, um, when you find that when you move them, the stone in the ceiling along these many, many crisscrossing seams actually moves, and you discover that with the turning of a few of these dials, you are able to reposition the star map that's etched into the ceiling. I'm not sure whether this not has anything to do with it or anything, but I also have navigation and navigation yeah, skills. No, you would. That's training. Fine. So if it's something to do with stars and navigation... Yeah. So after a little bit of mucking about with these dials, you realise that if you position the dials correctly, you can move the constellations into a position where if you were to navigate by them, it would give you sort of an idea of where you would be in the world. Oh, scan. Yeah. Have a look at this. So I'm examining it as well. And I sort of just go, you know, just imagine you're the yeah, ship. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, I'm seeing it. Mm. Yeah, so we'll sort, of, okay, we'll sort of, between my myself and Scan, sort of try and get our bearings off the stars and yeah. go, oh, okay, so this is the, ah, oh, so where, you know, this is this spot and yeah. sort of work so out. What's interesting is at the moment, the position seems to be about 400 miles um, out at sea. Mm-hmm. But if you adjusted the positioning a little bit, you would actually probably position yourself over Aurim. Yeah, yeah. Like you would see the stars in these positions here. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we'd sort of set it to that, and then I, is there any indicator? So you of like an on button? Sort so of? you're rolling it towards where Aurim? Um. I just want to make sure. Is this might be a weapon? It's always a 
possibility. I don't. It's it's an archway or it's a plinth. It's it's okay. So it is a massive octagonal pillar that's come in from the ceiling and then comes tapers down to a point. That point is above where that vial was, which is on a I guess a plinth again, octagonal in shape. It has a depression in it there where the vial sat, um, and then arrayed around it on this sort of raised um, sections are these dials on these corners. Try putting the the vial. Yeah. Back. Okay. Once we got it all set, yeah. The vial back in. Sure. Okay. Um, Does that affect? Um, so you're going to set the thing. Okay. The first wheel that you you turn, you immediately feel a rumble un- from the earth above you as that giant's octagonal shape starts to turn. I feel like this might be um, like a, an amplification chamber. Is the room circular? Yeah, like it's a circular room with a domed roof, and then it goes down into sort of a, a depressed section, but it's an awful sphere. That yeah. Um, sure, cool. Um, so it's the entire heavens are all above us? Uh, yeah, basically. Are they the entire heavens as viewed from here? They are now. The actual pillar in the front lights up with like lines of light that are drawing down from the ceiling to the center point. And it starts to get incredibly bright and then you hear a dripping sound as I guess liquid is the best or a ooze or, 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 a, or a, a gelatinous sort of substance just drips from this point. Into the cup? Oh, it's into the depression. You guys put, didn't put that in first. Like you uh, can put it in afterwards, which I'm sure Charlie would. Yeah. Um, the vial I've got is full, so why not put something that's not? I'm going to take hand out of the jar. Sure. <laughs> and the glass eye. Put do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to like test what happens when you put the bone in contact with this stuff, just in case it's doing something? Actually, I would. I would have used jerky. Sure. For, yeah. <laughs> got a little bit of jerky. Yeah. Well, it grows a branch at the end of it. The jerky? Yeah. Like a wooden branch. Yeah, like, wooden like green. A green wooden. This. You now have a piece of meat that has like a branch coming out of Don't it. Don't put your hand in it. With a green leaf. No. Charlie. Growing. And then it suddenly withers and dies and crumbles Charlie, and falls off. Don't drink it. <laughs> Tree power, activate! <laughs> yes, like I was not expecting terraforming to happen here, but yeah, no. yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, I'm gonna get a jar full of that shit. Um, <laughs> gingerly. That's the best weapon ever. It's like, oh fuck you, you don't have a tree ah! for face. Um, I got a jar full of stuff that makes branches grow out of jerky. Cool. Mm-hmm. How's Probably the jerky everything? now? Actually, what will happen if you throw that stuff in water? Do you want to try? Um, have we got any water? <laughs> Is there any water around? You I, have I a just big wanted... pool of it all yeah, the way I, back. I just want to it's not see. far away. Yeah. Um, I would. I, I definitely want to leave here with a jar full of this. Yes, absolutely. But I just, for curiosity's sake, you've got living tissue and inanimate objects, I'm assuming because it can go into a jar, it doesn't do anything to inanimate objects, but water is its own special thing that things can happen with. Sure, I look, I have a, I have a, a flask of water, I would imagine. Mm. Um, so I can, we can pour this into a depression or a, yeah. and tr- try tipping some onto it. Right, so we've got a puddle of water and I'm gonna tip some of this onto it. Okay, how much? Uh, a small amount, I reckon. A drip to begin with. All right. Okay. Uh, it immediately atomizes and becomes an acidic mist and <sighs> take five points of damage as oh. your face starts feeling pockmarked. Oh. Yep. 
Good to know. Yep. What's everyone's passive perception? 13. 9. And 13. 13. 16. Okay. Um... You notice a slight tremor in the ground. It's not a regular thing like you might experience in an earthquake. It's like every now and then there's like a tremor. Yeah. I'm How much more you... of this do we want to take? Because if there are people coming to destroy this, as Dupree thinks, this stuff could be very valuable and we've only got a vial and a jar. That said, I'm not sure how much... how Like, what we have that can take more of it. I'm going to say I don't think I have anything. I don't have anything. Um, I could... What what would my water flask be made of? Probably animal skin. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't risk it. <laughs> Some kind of cured leather. Also, there's it. water in there. Like the second you pour it in there, there's going to be residual water that's going to acid in your face. It was, it was just an idea. I think we probably actually filled up as much as we can. So you have a jar of mystery ooze. I do. And a flask. I think the word was awesome ooze. I still have my bottle. Yours looks a lot duller. Because it was oh, in the same gosh. place. Do you want to? Hey, um, I'm going to put the jer- another strip of jerky in yours, just to see. Is that all right? If you'd like. Um, to see if, what happens. Sure. Um, the meat starts to melt and then fizzes and there's an awful smell, but that's it. Mm. I wonder how do long it takes that stuff or do you want the new stuff? I am not fussed. We've got a whole pile of new stuff. So yours is essentially just acid. Well, shall we? I'm... Fairly certain I've got everything I need from here about what this place at least functions as. It's some kind of... And he looks up at the thing and goes, some kind of condenser, I imagine, of, well, clearly magical properties. Um, so, we'll go, yeah. Very well. Well, I'm good to go. I don't know, I can't yeah. speak. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready I'm, to go. I'm still feeling pretty tired, even though I'm back at full health. Let's get some sleep. Before you leave uh, DuPont walks over to one of the dials and adjusts it slightly, repositioning the ceiling so that it's no longer over a ream. And the light dulls on this stone and the dripping immediately stops. As you leave the room, you wander up the hallway that you followed through earlier back to the room with the large tiled map on the floor. And um, you find two automatons reefing the floor up and crushing the pieces of stone that they pull up. And they're about halfway through. Does us walking in do anything to them? No, they seem set on their task. Do we want to keep these things or just let them chill down here until they get destroyed? I've got the instrument that is clearly made for this song. I can do something with it. You're welcome to. Um, We all want to block our ears. Sure. Um, So we just, hey, Dupree, we can 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 turn these off off if you reckon. Um, But you're probably going to want to block your ears. Trust right. me, you want to block your ears. Oh, very well, and he puts his pinkies Obviously. in his ear. I can block one ear with Mage Hand, but actually, can you cast I, Mage yeah, Hand? Yeah, I cast Mage Hand, buddy. Block both my ears. I cast so. Mage Hand for my mate Nizzle. So, um, block my ears with Mage Hands. Sure. Um, yeah, um, and then play the. So there's a pan flute kind of deal. Yeah, it's like two flutes yeah. connected to, together. Dual flute. Yeah, play play the song as well as I can. On sure. Roll me a performance check, please. Absolutely, with plus one because I have the plus yeah, one. Absolutely. Eleven plus seven plus one, so nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, great. No one has to roll any wisdom saves, and uh, yeah, wisdom to block our <laughs> We well, learned things. the. The tune is a little different, even though, like, you've got your ears blocked, you can still hear it. Yeah, I want to know what it's about. <laughs> um, it actually sounds 
beautiful. It's made for this instrument. I'm I'm curious enough to take my hands away from my ears. Um, it's a beautiful melody, and it's sort of you, you feel your your chest feel like it's full of fire. I guess it's best not not literally like you're on fire, no, no, no. but like you're like full inspired. of vim and inspired by. It. Yeah, guys, it's it's actually good. <laughs> what? Oh, whoops. <laughs> Take I took my ear, hands away from my ears, yeah. But it's fine, because uh, the music is great. No, the music works really well. And um, you discover that these things sort of stop the... They stop mid-action and just sort of stand there and wait. Cool. Um, could we try telling them to deactivate, or could you try telling them? Yeah, I, I reckon... Look, if we're going to control them, I don't want to deactivate them. I want to keep them. Sure. Um, so I I want to say, I want to test it first. Return um, to shit. Or I want to say... Um, Where are we going to keep like, them? Like in their boxes. Like I th- There's a whole pile of them upstairs. Yeah. yeah I'm going to basically direct them to stand in front of me. It would be like, stand here, point to a space about 10 feet away from me. There's a moment and then they all drop what they're doing and immediately form up as you've directed them to. But then also in the distance you can hear um, like feet, yeah. like armoured feet, and the rest of the group come in from all three sides. That's that's also what I wanted to know. Oh, there's two more tunnels here, actually. Are they going to... Ha- no, there are two more tunnels no. here that we have not explored. No, that's true. Um, I, I, what do they do? They form the They all well. just form that semicircle. Cool. Around, like cool. A, I Nice, um, Nezo, you got yourself an army. <laughs> I feel again like just well, are you gonna feed them, Nezor? But no, seriously. <laughs> and um, who's gonna take care of them and pick after up after them? Um, I'll, I'll assign one of them to clean up after the other ones. <laughs> well, you've thought of it. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I just instruct them follow and protect the group and point to each individual person. So I say to the group, so there's also these other two tunnels that they were down here presumably destroying something. Dupree, do you think there was something more down there from your experience? I I can only say that I intended to explore this place quite thoroughly, but obviously we had... um, Interruptions. Interruptions. And he looks over at the very dead two corpses of the people who were crushed by Marduk. What about the unconscious dude? He's still unconscious and in the corner. Should we wake him up and help him? Um, I want to ask Dupree. I don't think this guy likes Dupree, and at the moment we do, so... I Look, I mean, I think it would be unfair to leave him here. Up to you, really. Are you are you concerned that he would be a liability? Well, let's put it this way. If he was a liability, he soon won't be. Will we take him back with us, wake him up and say, don't tell anyone what you saw? Yeah. Yeah, cool. If he wakes up and he's a liability, I'm cool with that. Um, so I go to the automaton closest to me, point to him and say, carry. And he does so. These things are kind of handy, aren't they? (laughs) Screw mage hand. (laughs) (laughs) So do we want to look down these tunnels or do you want to just... Well, I mean, my answer is yes, of course, that's why I was here, but... Sure. um, uh, Charlie does want to leave. Oh, I'm not fast. uh, A thought has occurred to me. Um, With these 11 automata, we could probably clear the uh, tunnel I collapsed, if that's... Something you would like to do? I think I think clearing the rubble it will be that's, easier. That's cleaner and easier. The sewers are full of kobolds. Oh, uh, yeah, like we like Nezor killed a lot, and he's yeah that one. <laughs> it's still good, uh, girl. Gnarl. Yeah, you've been beaten cold. 
Yeah. Okay. I actually rolled a dice to see how long is it. He's out. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's let's check out the tunnel on the left. Yeah, let's have a look. You um, okay? So you enter into another domed room. However, this one has the floor that's uh, a floor that's quite flat. And uh, what you discover is it seems to be another um, astronomy room. I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, it does have those same kinds of car, uh, constellations in the ceiling. However, there was some kind of device here. It's utterly destroyed now. Um, it's, it looks like it's been dismantled, crushed, and then sorted into sizable pieces for removal. So whatever this room's function was, it no longer is apparent to you. Can I just investigate just to see if there's anything left? I did interrupt the robots before they were finished in here. Uh, so that's a 13 plus 2 is 15. The automaton was in the process of peeling like the tiles off the wall. Okay, like, like they were pretty. What's behind the tiles? Um, just like stone, but it looks like it's been it's it's got like fresh chip marks, like you would get from someone who's using a chisel, yeah. which are probably those blades that you discovered these things actually have. <laughs> um, room on the right, anyone? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, Since we're here. Yeah. Um, this one's actually a large, it looks like almost like a conference room. It has a st large stone table which has huge chunks out, uh, missing from it. Um, the walls are, they look like they've been beaten in. It's in a state of disrepair and destruction. Yeah. There's not much more beyond. This is some kind of like official meeting hall. Table round? No, long and square. Any inscriptions on it if it's stone? Well, what's interesting is that at, at intervals there are four, uh, like half an octagon's depth carved into it. So, like, someone would sit there and move their chair in and they would basically almost be in the table. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. Like a cog. Sort of. So, yeah, nothing else of interest in this room? No, whatever its purpose was is lost because yeah. of the destruction. How many, how many places would there be at the table? Uh, there are 12 total. Sure. Hmm. And do we subscribe to the twelve hours in a day system here? Uh, yes. Actually, out of out of curiosity, how how good is the timekeeping? Are they do they do they have clocks? More like sort of hourglasses, some clockwork stuff. Clo closer to um, the free cities in the mountains, they have very good clockwork stuff. But that's mostly because they deal with the dwarves. But the dwarves don't really care. They have a slightly different concept of the idea of time. Sure. Yeah. I reckon we get out of here. Let's let's clear the. Do you want to send them ahead? Send ten of them ahead, other than. I I reckon with the basic instructions, we're not going to be able to send them ahead. We're going to have to get there and tell them to clear it. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's do that then. Okay, so you trudge your way out of this section, um, climb up the chain, uh, and instruct the robots to do much the same. Um, they have a bit of difficulty, actually. They're not super dexterous climbing no, the train, but they, they manage it. Um, they got down there somehow. As an automaton can leave. They would have dropped. Yeah. You make your way up the slope into the camp, uh, and Dupree just goes through and collects a few bits and pieces from here and there. A little bit of food, some personal effects from one or two of the other sacks. Um, I get the 30 silver pieces that I put back into the sack. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dupree turns and goes, well... Shall we excavate this uh, yep. hallway? Or I, I reckon I'll have a look. Find this rope when he looks at the hole that you made in the ceiling. Um, yeah, so that leads directly to the sewers, if that's interesting to you. Um, uh, I wasn't aware that they uh, crossed this part. It's of, very, very of close. In, in fact, other rooms, it's even closer. There's a lot of this complex. How, how big do you know? What, how much do you know of it? Uh, Just what we've seen? As I said, through my different agents discovered 
certain information which led me the way I came. But, I mean, obviously there was a large metal door and he points to the door that's now reefed open. But no amount of um, effort would let us push our way in. I mean, obviously with the water coming out, that sort of explains it. But uh, I just remembered something. So we came across some kobolds who were guarding a part of the sewer that had been punched through and they'd been told to guard it um, specifically from anyone coming up by their king or whoever was the leader. Who was in charge of them, yeah. Okay. Um, As you say that, from around the campsite, kobolds emerge. They've all got <laughs> rudimentary weapons pointed at you. Oh, there is about forty of They all just sort of peel around from rocks and they've got you completely in circle. No, I feel really bad because um, those what, we've the got robots eleven are just automatons. Mow yeah, them down. I said protect and follow. Like if yeah. the if the kobolds try anything, I'm fully willing to talk to them first. But if they attack, they are going to die. They immediately the automatons immediately strike a position, defensive position, and encircle you guys. Um, and I say to the kobolds, they're under my control. They are. We are bigs. They are bigger bigs. You will lose. Talk to us. Um, well, you actually kind of don't have to because uh, as the automaton shifts into place, a really old, gnarled-looking kobold emerges from the staircase that you guys are actually going up. Give him back, gnarl. Um, and <laughs> we have automatons. We don't need a gnarl. Um, and a really wizened-looking kobold who's wearing quite ostentatious dress. Like, he's got a cloak over his shoulder. He has what looks like some kind of cleric's staff that he's clearly nicked. Um, he look, He's dressed in, this, in the sort of the wise kobold uh, leader, leaderly kind of garb as insofar as it can be done. And he walks with purpose but with a slight limp and just sort of clacks down that staircase and goes... Lee Croc. Oh, we heard of you. Hey. You trespassing. Huh? What'd you say? We're actually leaving now. Uh-uh. You trespassing Croc place. I mean, we can continue to have this discussion, but like like um you guys my friend Nezzle was saying, <laughs> those are bigger bigs than us. And he controls them, and I don't want them to kill you all, but if you attack us, they're going to. You're just going to be mowed down. Quok looks at you for a moment and then goes, and then whistles. And more kobolds just appear from nearby, higher up. And they've all got various different kinds of projectiles, mostly crossbows, some short bows. So, Quok... What do you suggest? A lot of your people are going to die today. We kobold. We always die. Aww. Doesn't have to, though. Me want to know why you become down kobold tunnel. Oh, well, it's sort of a convoluted story, really. There was a bigger big than these bigger bigs. We uh, had really, to stop him. A huge bigger big. Mm-hmm. And why you know? Because we, we, we like also null. we also are curious about this. Yeah, why you null? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, why do you null? Would you like null back? Can we, we give you him I wasn't going to leave him unconscious in a pool of water to drown to death. Uh-huh. So why you kill Null friend, my friend? They attacked us. Your friends tried to stab and hurt us. Uh, then why you come to Cobble Place? It's not. It's the Bashanos. We could tell the Bashano that you live down here. 
best no, no, we know. Oh, right. do they? Yeah, um, they do. We. Um, well, yeah, they do. Um, they're completely aware of that. Um, why we why we trespass? Mm. Bigger big. Bigger we big? come down to kill the bigger big. The bigger big now killed. We leave. Mm. You can have it. You can see him if you like. He's down there. Now we leave. We he, he a big problem. Why is cobalt problem? I'm gonna pull out a, a coin, a mm. silver one, to so the shinier one, mm. and go. If I give you this, will you fuck off? Hmm. Me my shiny, but me want bigger shiny than that. And he points at the automatons. <laughs> me want metal men. There's like hundreds of them in that room down there with the dead big big to make sure he doesn't get back up. Were you rolling for a reason? Yeah, because I'm lying. Okay. <laughs> if we were to give we you... Just give, yeah, could we just give him one? And yeah, no, that's my question. Is if we were to give you... One sec. So 13? Yeah. Okay. Um, looks over to one of the kobolds near him and chirps something at him. That kobold scoots off down towards where you indicated. And then Quok just looks at you and folds his arms. How, how many How many um, kobolds are there? Like a hundred? At a glance, probably somewhere between 60 and 80. Yeah, so don't think we can fight that, that many. many. Yeah. yeah, 40 might have been doable. How about we give him, I don't know, three? Quok. Uh, hmm? Three bigger bigs for you. You give Quok three metal men? Yeah. He thinks for a moment and then goes, mm, five. Four. 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 He thinks for a moment and then goes, okay, four. Uh, sure. So tell. <laughs> so so Scan, Scan will now say to Nezor, Tells four of them to stay here. So, well, bit better than that. Tell them to follow him. <laughs> so they will, they will continue walk yeah. around everywhere with him. Yeah. One, two, three, four, follow. And I put clock him. They march over to clock and clock seems quite chuffed about this and goes, ah, ah. Okay, you go. And then just waves his hand. The other kobold that they sent down runs up and goes, mm. <laughs> um, and Cog just waves him away. And then with a swish of his cloak, he trundles off away from where the campsite is. There's nothing stopping you calling him back. <laughs> That's true. I reckon it'll be funnier to leave them for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I think that's funny. Yeah. Quark's um, <laughs> gone a little bit away with these four automatons and he's like touching the metal like to see if they're hollow or not. And they're getting like a, he's getting like a satisfied tung tung. He's like, yeah. Um, so yeah. then I instruct the, the other seven to clear the the path for us. Yeah, they go take a while. do so. It's going to take a while. So uh, in that time, I'm just going to explore the campsite a bit, see if there's anything more worthwhile to get. There's really nothing here unless you like like no. spelunking kit. Didn't and think so. Yeah. I'm gonna eat some pork. Yeah, we, we already took some rations. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we get out. Yeah, after about four or five hours of solid effort. Now I'm assuming you let Niall go. Although Quok never said anything about letting Niall go, so Yeah, no, my plan was when we left I was gonna put a little shiny in his pocket. And, right. Like basically leave him at the camp where the food was with a shiny in his pocket. Yeah. So I'm going to do right by Nile. He's had a rough day. Yeah. I, I didn't intend to actually keep him. I just wasn't no, going no. to leave him in a we had, we had no idea yeah. what you were doing. Everything was filled with water or shit, sure. and he was yeah. unconscious. Yeah. It's very gentlemanly of Charles. Um, 
Could yeah. have left him lying on the banister. Either. <laughs> and then he sort of stirs and falls into the water and dies. Oh, like, yeah. It's just he's safer with oh, me. after the poor little guy. Yeah. He killed all his friends after all. <laughs> I just sort of put him on the bedroll, tuck him in Fair and enough. put a little shiny well, in. Anytime you were in combat, I imagine you sort of just threw him to the side. <laughs> but, um, he's probably got a few more bruises. <laughs> but um, he wakes up about half an hour later and I imagine it was probably when you were like tending to your own kit and he sort of woke up and went, oh, what's going on? And saw the giant person and just sort of did that <laughs> again like no I'm good I'm done actually I give him two coppers so sure. he's got two shinies in his pocket are Charlie's pants still purple <laughs> they're, they're still purple they're not still glowing <laughs> um, but yeah no so it takes a little while longer and then that pathway's cleared out and you make your way out and it's about 9am 9am 10am anyone and want a coffee um, however, like throughout the entire time you were there, those tremors have still been happening. Should we be worried about that? Oh God, someone's attacking the fort. It's um, probably the the bloody huge catapult. Oh yeah, remember the Amelie? Yeah. I mean, yeah, her. She's she kind of declare martial law. Yes. I have a query on me. that one. The the people you were arming, they were Erhard, yeah? Um, no, they were separatists. Oh, Bastion separatists. That that could accept, that could explain some things. Was there a plan? Was there a timeline? Well, they just wanted arms. Yeah, essentially. Do you know anything? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Like about this in general? Not no, particularly. Do you, no, you don't know anything about the docks being on fire. Um, oh yeah. Well, not really. No. It was a memorable day for us. Well, I, they were firemen. Can I can yes, I roll to see was. if I believe him? Yeah, sure. Like I, I, I roll very badly. I, I rolled a 19 plus insight is another two. Yeah. I got four. 21. I totally um, believe you. You suspect he's probably not being completely truthful that, with this. That's cool. I don't actually care if he's arming Bashano stuff. I help. I have that's no cool. problem with him arming Bashano separatists. It's the dock fire that I was interested in. Yeah, I was interested in it. I don't yeah. care. Well, I mean, you could question him on it, but no, you get the impression he's not being entirely truthful about that. But it could also be he's just like, oh, I. Mm. I may, I may not have been directly involved with it, but... <laughs> a mate of mine definitely did that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, okay, he, cool. Um, but anyway, so as you sort of clamber out through that crypt again, um, you, the first thing that hits you is the sound of gunfire. It's... and cannon fire at that. Um, and you can hear from the graveyard that, that you come out into, the sound of Urhart guns just opening up on Areem. And Areem guns opening up on Urhart. And as you come out into the sun and you look across to the cat to the fort, you can see that the fort has taken an absolute beating, as has the Urhart's half-castle that they've been building. But the interesting thing is that the large catapult atop that octagonal plinth that was inside of the um, inside of the castle is now realigned and is actually facing towards the Urhart side. The bash, the yeah. bash, it looks like it's. There's been lobbing shit. Yeah, it looks like it, absolutely. Um, well, there's not necessarily lobbing shit, but definitely pointing towards them. Um, and you can see military charging around through the streets, through like the graveyard fence towards the other end. Um, However, you have before you a wagon and an 11. Uh, I, I instruct the automatons to get back in their chests. Um, I instruct them 
to load, like, are the chests in the wagon or are they on the ground? They're on the ground. They're okay, right. instruct them to put the chests in the wagon and then to get in the chests. Okay. One they, at a time, presumably, otherwise they'd break the... Yeah. Uh, they do so, um, and then they climb, clamber up and step into the chest, and they're just standing in the chests. And then I say, deactivate. And the armor immediately falls to pieces and lands quite neatly in the chest. A few pieces land outside of them, but... Yeah. Close out the chests. Are there sure. horses in the wagon? Um, they're not there now. We can deal with that. May I be the first to say that the shit has really hit us the fan. Yeah, I look at Dupree. Like, is Dupree surprised by the fact that there's a war going on right now? Uh, Dupree seems, the best way to describe it is like exasperated, like, oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> See what I mean? The moment we discover something, something like this happens. And he gestures to effectively all the human suffering around him. Could it? The last we saw Emily, she was declaring martial law. That appeared to be in a direct response to the events of the previous evenings that resulted in us following Marduk down here. Could we infer from that, do you think, that she knows of this in one way or the other, or she is instructed to report to someone higher up one way or the other that caused this? I honestly can't tell you what's caused this. I can only surmise the following. If Amelie opened fire on the Urhart, it is because the Bashano are making a major power play. If the Urhart have attacked, much the same. Now, if this was an accidental exchange of arms, we should see a cessation of violence soon. But I honestly can't come. Can't. It could be because you smuggled weapons in and armed them, creating... Like, well, no, they destabling the region. They wouldn't be fighting each other, though. They, they would be fighting each other from what he's done. Um, and I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to answer that because I actually somewhat resent that. If I hadn't sold them those arms, someone else would have. Sure, but you still did. So? Just because somebody else might have done it, you still did. It he, is still it your action. He draws his rapier and puts it, like, he doesn't, like, uh, in a violent fashion, he puts it on the ground and he goes, kill and then looks at you. Oh, come off it. I take, you know, one of my knives and go, did you still, uh, to Stan, did you still want to kill him? <laughs> As I said earlier. And then do the same thing, like. No, he's, he's basically gesturing at the weapon and saying, kill, as in like, the weapon isn't killing people. Yeah, yeah. You know, apes don't kill people, apes with guns kill people. But providing weapons to people who want to kill is still Participating in because that. you think someone else might have done it doesn't absolve you of all personal responsibility. Oh, look, we can... I, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's a war going on. Can we okay. get somewhere I, safe? Can I? I'm, like, I'm, I'm odd that I find myself defending Dupont here, but I don't see how arming Bashano rebels would have started a war with the Earhart unless the Earhart were making a power play and were wanting the assistance of the Bashano rebels to do it. I have no idea about that. Oh, Bash are pretty well connected. So yeah. if this is happening, this is not on anyone I know's orders. So I, I think it's this council, as from now I presume we will call like, them. I don't think a selling a large group of people a large group of weapons was going to help the situation, but I don't think it's the cause of it. Yeah, um, can we go? <laughs> Go we, where? Well, yeah, that's the next problem, is we can't really go to Emily's... She doesn't live in the fortress, but... No, she... but I, I reckon it's not safe right now to be in the uh, general's house when there's a war going so on. So remember where I'm from? Yeah, yeah. And, and he's from. Do we need to leave the city? 
Is it possible to leave the city? I need to get my dog and my yeah. manager and my possessions. That's okay, before okay, I, fine. I trust her. Okay, um, I'm under, I, I'm I, trust, I trust her. I don't trust the people that are trying to attack her. DuPont has no obligation to stick with us. No. Um, what is, what's your plan? Well, to be honest, I'm probably going to skedaddle. Where? I don't like the idea of hanging around the Bashano side of things. Nine. However, that being said, if you were inclined to stay here, I'd go to the castle. And he points at the massive redoubt and goes, that's probably safer than most places around here. I feel bad for the slums. I, yeah, I'm not liking either option. Um, if you're going to leave, can we leave with you? Would you like us to leave with you? <laughs> well, you're welcome to come along, but it's senseless to work, to admit, to split up. I guarantee you in a war zone, you will not find each other again simply. So let's move as one unit and go and get this gentleman's dog. Very well. That's at Emily's house. You know this. It, if it comes up, that's fine. It's okay. A, it's not that You can hard. wait outside. She's probably not there. Um, all right, we'll go to Charlie's house and go well, to Emily's house and get Charlie's dog and stuff. See if gorgeous George is hanging about. You make your way through the war-torn streets and you see Bashano soldiers. This time, they're not in their breast that you'd normally see. They're wearing breastplates that probably can't stop bullets, but a standard kit regardless. And they're all carrying rifles, or muskets rather, and are moving in formation to different areas. And occasionally you will have to duck into a side alley to avoid them because they look like they're just ready to, they're on a hair trigger, they're ready to go at anyone that's in the streets. But you manage to wind your way through the lower levels of Areem and make your way to Emily's compound. And when you arrive, it's immediately obvious that this has been changed into some kind of temporary command post. There are palisades at the front. Troops are moving in and out regularly. And in the courtyard, you can actually see Amelie. And she's yelling at uh, another very ostentatious-looking elf who's wearing what you can only assume are the governor's epaulets. Um, I reckon we let Charlie lead, seeing as he's the reason we're here. Yeah. Maybe maybe what we'll do is we'll hang around at the front and Charlie can go in, grab his stuff and come out. I'll go with Charlie. Us. Might it be an idea if Nezel came with? That's also a good idea. <laughs> oh, look, we're the two famous people. Let us do our thing. So you walk up to the gates, I guess. Hands up, non-threatening. Three Bashano musketeers effectively run out and place you immediately under arrest and start dragging you into the courtyard. Um, don't. I, I walk, and okay. the guy can hang off my arm, and I walk if he likes, but sure. he's not dragging me anywhere. Sure. Um, and as I'll you go with them. I'm not needing to be dragged. No worries. Um, <laughs> and as you enter, Amelie just sort of glances over and then looks and completely blanks the governor and immediately storms over to you, Charlie, and you, Nezor, and Scan, and goes, Release these men. I need you to send a missive to the Erhard side of Orim, and I need you to get them to stop this madness. We had no control of the catapult. Wait, you fired? You didn't fire the catapult? No, the catapult realigned towards oh, the oh, 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 and they started <laughs> firing on us because we had put our shoulder down. The, the, the second this match, is like there's so many people with. that die. Put a hand on your shoulder and go, go get pretty. Like, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That May I? I'm leaving. Say. The moment you say "go get Dupree," her face goes like granite. <laughs> She's like Dupree. Oh, he was. Uh, apparently this Where is that weasel? Oh. And she screams <laughs> past you. Emily, Emily. Yeah. I, I come with you. We can sort this no, out. I Dupree it, can help sort I this out. I think at this point, it's not so much you're trying to, like, Emily, Emily, you're chasing her as yeah, you no, say. Yeah, no, I'm coming with her. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. we, he, he can help sort this out. You want this sorted? 
Here's the guy to help you sort it. Yeah. Uh, he, she, she walks out in the street and goes, Where are you, you rats? <laughs> um, and he appears with, I imagine... Sounds Bella. like she really likes you. So, so uh, before before she lays into him, like, we, uh, Emily, we, we are somewhat behind the times. Uh, apparently, the, ca- the catapult realigned itself of its own accord. Whoa! How long, a- how long ago? Weird. And I'm going to say, how long ago would you say this happened? It's three hours. Do you- I don't know. I think dealing with this, you bastard! And the moment that um, Dupont shows up, she actually draws her sword and stabs him <laughs> in the gut, um, and then she slaps him. So I think. The point she was wanting to make was, please, can you tell the Earhart to stand down? Yeah. Pre, do you just have friends everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> You're a really lovely, popular guy, aren't you? <laughs> Does anyone who meets you not want to punch you? <laughs> or stab you, in fact? I'm going to not answer those questions. Um, can you help de-escalate the situation? I can, however, I need a bandage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm medical. I, I, yeah. I attempt medical help Sure, on no, him. you just bind him up. It's fine. Sure. You don't have to roll for it. Um, and I'm sure we can if we can make it across the bridge without being blown up. Does right. anyone want to try it? Or we could attempt to take a boat across the river and try not to get blown up. That mm. works. I'm sorry, but standard doctrine is the moment the Bashinoso signs of being aggressive. Yeah, yeah. You preemptively strike. And then I... Is there anybody around who can hear this conversation? Like, um, are we well, being observed or listened there, to? You are in a, a group huddle. Emily is sort of like maybe four or five foot away. So just we sort don't of want to fuming. say anything? Yeah, yeah. And just like, just because it feels a little bit like we might have been partially involved. And he <laughs> just sort of stops, moves his eyes, looks and goes, you think? <laughs> yeah, so I think it is on us. Otherwise, a lot of people are going to die. Which and you, you seem to seem to actually care about that. Which do you think is safer, the bridge or a boat? I can't tell because I don't know what the situation is on the ground. We can ask Emily and maybe work out something there. All right. All right. I'll ask Emily. Sure. That's, I don't have a problem with that. And he winces. <laughs> do you want to help me? I mean, I can. I you, don't know if I'll be You're trying to stay on the hand. down low with Amelie anyway, aren't you, really, more than a... Yeah, I've been sort of generally staying out of her way. So, so. Ryland and I possibly go and say... No, not Ryland. Yeah, uh, quietly, no. Um, sure, sure, let's let's go to it. I am a heart after all, so... Amelie, I know you don't like the guy. You're not alone. Um, we need to... She's if you want us... under a breath in Bashan. If you are wanting to ask to help and, and get him to help, we need to get to the Earhart side. Can you help? But what? of course, this is my entire concern. Yeah. Perhaps what we could do is send, um, and she tends to use scan and goes, perhaps with Mr. Rothhouse's assistance, we could get across safely. I do not know if they would accept a flag of truce at this moment, but this needs to be done. I, so we, we are, you are shooting at each other? The governor is insistent that we make a stand here. If the, if the Earhart think that the sense of weakness, they will take the rest of our aim. I cannot allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, we need to get across the river um, and help with the de-escalation <laughs> of this. Uh, what do you suppose is the best way of doing that? Sigma's direct path is across the bridge. As I said, so long as Mr. Rothhouse comes, I believe we may have a chance. However, there is also, of course, the river. If you go down to the docks, perhaps we could find a small dinghy or some other such thing and get across that way. Either way, you need to find the governor of Urquhart. I am good at doing boats. I boats. I, I feel like the bridge will be very, very heavily manned. If you recall, the fortress that the Bashano had was on one side and basically the Urquhart were building their own version on the other. Yeah. And 
on the Bashano side, they had gun- cannons trained across there mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. So I'm not liking the bridge myself. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a safe bet. Let's do a boat. I would. Again, here's me going against the party, but I would prefer, like Charlie would prefer, not to be sneaky. I'm, I'm actually like on sneaky. Yeah, yeah I agree. To what big the, flag, like, Charlie, Charlie. Because otherwise, Charlie's what gonna it's, fix this. Someone Charlie's sees us and goes, "Oh, there's a boat full of people sneaking from one side across to the other." Obviously, bad. Shoot them now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Right, I think if we're using Charlie, being as obvious as possible. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, as you're doing that, Charlie and Nezor, um, gorgeous George comes running out of the small house. He goes, "Champ, they threw me out." And he goes, oh, "I've got your dog." And he he's been holding. Duchess, and he goes, here. And he hands her to you. Oh, I'll take her and pet her. Yeah. And, um, like, are you well? I'm well, I'm fine, champ. We gotta get you out of here. It we can't let them catch you in this place. <laughs> I don't want you taking a cannibal to the chops. Look, I know it's a scary time, but you gotta trust me. I got I'm, your interests at heart. I'm not I'm not scared. I'm worried. We'll have this conversation later on. Sure, sure, whatever you say. Let me go see if I can get a carriage from these mooks. Do you want to grab all your gear or do you want to just... Well, if we're going... If, you know, I don't know the plan, but, like, right now I'm with Duchess, but if the plan is making me go all the way over to the Erhard side, I'm not carrying a very expensive tea set yeah. to the Erhard side. Sure. I think the moment you join us back in front, we kind of yeah. all... We need to de-escalate the situation. Obviously. Which but. means us getting to the other side of the bridge so that DuPont here can talk to... He's clutching his stomach and just puts a hand up. I'm, I'm visibly happier. <laughs> uh, so that DuPont here can uh, talk to the Earhart governor and step things down a little bit. But getting across the bridge would be a lot easier with a noble personality. Oh, yes, no, no, of course, of course. Um, Sorry, you're gonna, your sleep will have to wait. Yeah, he's, he's like, pulls out one of the strands in his belt, yeah. which has got, a, like, a clip on it, and clips it onto Duchess's collar. Um, and so, Prepared like, for everything, a bunch of twisted, like, yeah, yeah. rope and stuff, and one of them is, is her leash. Is her leash. Um, but he'll just sort of, like, hands... Bella the leash. Oh, thank you. Um, As you do that, um, another um, Bashano soldier runs out um, holding a folded over piece of purple cloth and Amelia goes, well, if you're going to take the bridge, you're going to need this. And she goes over, grabs it off the um, soldier, flaps it out, and it's a large Urhart banner. It's the banner you were going to wear over your shoulders when you went out for your title fight. He hands it to you and goes, yeah. He needs, this works. he needs to, uh, before he goes, like, you know, straighten his moustache and wash all the poop off his head and yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, so j- we crawl, crawl through a fucking... Yeah, no, no, I'm not disagreeing. So I'm like, just like, oh, by the way, I also need to wash the poo off my head. <laughs> <laughs> like, as in, he would just find, like, a basin or whatnot and wash oh. himself. Um, yeah, like, just cleans himself up, you know, clips the, the flag around himself. Duchess takes... Uh, you know, we we might need a, a a sort of a guard or something that will help us get through the streets of the. Of course, Bashanosa. no problem. And yes. she she goes exactly over and yells point. at a platoon of soldiers and brings them back. And this, your escort. Anything else I can do for you? Uh, stay safe. No. Best of luck to you. Danke. Anybody have any problems? No. I do, but I don't really see a way out of it. No so I'm so, not safe on either side right now. No. You're, you are safe with us. That's very kind of you, Mr. Roughhouse. It's only been a few hours, 
but the destructive force of the response sent by Erhardt could be seen everywhere. Poles and buildings and streets make travel difficult for anyone not on foot. There's occasional barrages of bombardment artillery smash into buildings, delivering the destructive payload. Fire elves and bucket teams work desperately to stem spot fires that are caught from the damage. The civilians that have not already fled the Riverside districts are busy tending to the wounded and mourning their dead. A quiet rage simmers beneath the city. You can feel it in the earth itself. Minutes later, two marching columns of Bashano soldiers move with grim pace, escorting their charges to the Great Bridge of Areem through the torn streets of the upper city. Flanked between them, we see Charlie Roughhouse, boxing champion, draped in Erhart purple. At his sides, Scan, Frosh, Nezor Violent and Nabella keep brisk pace. Trailing slightly behind them, but no less part of the entourage, walks to Pre de Pont, clasping his wound. Blood drips between his fingers as he watches the party march with that grim determination. And for a moment, he can't help but twitch his mouth upwards into a thoughtful smile at what he sees. A last-ditch effort, but a brave one nonetheless. Thank you for listening to this episode of There Be Dragons. If you'd like to know more about the show, feel free to check us out at therebedragonscast.com for lore, cast information, and updates on our schedule. You can also find us at therebedragons.podbean.com and on Spotify for your listening needs. If Twitter is more your thing, you can also find us at tbdragonscast. I am Matthew, your Dungeon Master, and Scan Felspar-Thufferson is played by Joshua Walker. Ryland Westfall is played by Karen Schlink. Charlie Roughhouse was played by Tristan Doust. Abella de Rosier is played by Angela Donlan. And finally, Nezo Valgoulis is played by Tom Moore, who also acts as our sound recordist. There Be Dragon's original theme and scores are composed by award-winning composer Sean Tanian. You can see more of his work at seantanianmusic.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>